We are excited about Renew Conference. Man, it has been incredible. Last Sunday, Wednesday night, man, Wednesday night, it was, man, the presence of the Lord was just so strong in this house. And we know that uh, today we're going to finish it up, man, I mean, just on, on top. Amen. Well, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time uh, because uh, Landon Henry is in the house. All right. I've been knowing uh, Pastor Landon for 30 years now, uh, 30 years. Um, uh, my wife and I met his parents and his family and uh, instantly made a connection with the family. And I've been all around the world with his dad, actually, in missions trips. And and uh, when we were in Midland, they were in Odessa, and that's just about 20 miles away. And we just connected, and we've just been best buds ever since. And and uh, they've got some incredible, incredible kids. And one of them is their their oldest son, Landon. Landon Henry. He is the lead pastor of San Angelo First Assembly. Been there, I think, as lead pastor seven years, I think, something like that. And the church has just exploded under his his leadership. And I don't mean it blew up. I mean it. Uh, <laughs> you can take that more than one way, can't you? But it's just done incredible. He's led incredible through through this pandemic time. His church has just done incredible, and uh, so we're excited about him. And uh, his church and, and Sarah, don't forget about Sarah over there as well. Yeah, come on. Um, uh, his church is all about uh, people from all walks of life. Uh, they're committed to reaching everyone, everywhere, every day. I'm excited to have him. Come on, Landon. Come on. Come and bless us. Would you make our friend Landon Henry welcome? It's an honor to be here today. Can we just pray for just a moment? Father... In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much, God, for your presence here, Lord, Lord, we've already felt uh, during worship. Thank you that you are here in a very real way, God, you want to meet with your people. Lord, you want to speak to hearts. Lord, you want to bring healing and renewal and restoration in every single one of us, whether we think we need it or not. Lord, I I think you're going to... I think you're going to touch some some places and you're going to speak to some things, uh, Lord, that, that we desperately need. And we just surrender our hearts to you all over again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love this, this theme, renew. I, I came across one definition uh, that I thought was really interesting. It said, to renovate after a time of decay. To renovate after a time of decay. Or to, to make new or to make better the new. And, and I love the, the theme verse that, that we talked about. You know, when the, the religious leader uh, tried to trap Jesus and he said, what's the greatest commandment? And you know what Jesus said? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I, I love that. That Jesus commanded, that God commanded uh, to love him. But how many of you guys know that uh, before you ever loved God, he loved you? And before you ever made a move toward God, he was chasing after you. Before you were ever thinking about God, he was thinking about you, right? And Jesus, I think it was John said that we love because what? He first loved us, right? So this is not some... This renewal conference is not something that you have to conjure up or, you know, white knuckle and just grit your teeth and I've got to love him more, I've got to love him more, I've got to love him more. No, this will be the natural byproduct of you experiencing his love for you. The reality is, is that you have never lived an unloved moment in your entire life. And you never will. 
That's important. At the beginning of this year, thinking about renewing, thinking about being better, thinking about changing. And we think about loving God with all of our minds. That's where change happens, right? Change isn't primarily something, it's not about you primarily doing something different. It's about you thinking something different. And thinking always leads to doing. I think we, uh, we typically try to change some external part of us, especially at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, we see some, I've got to change my schedule. I've got to change my diet. I've got to eat more salads, right? I've got to read more. I've got to go to the gym more, right? I like going to the gym. Have we got any gym people here today? I, I, my favorite part is when you check your phone between sets and go on for two weeks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's my favorite part about going to the gym. We've got to change some things. Spend more time with them. Spend less time with, with them. But how many, how many of you guys know the best way to change is not outside in. It's inside out. Right? And in, in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Um, famous verse, right? Don't, don't be uh, conformed to the pattern of this world. But what? Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. And then you will know the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. But I love the message. Check out the message version on this. It says, fix your attention on God. That's the key. And you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize that what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. What a statement of culture right there. God brings the best out of you. And that's our, that's our hope for you as a church. Uh, and, and he says, it develops well-formed maturity in you. If you're going to write something down, I want to just encourage you to write this down. I will never change my life until I change the way I think. I'll never change my life until I change the way I think. The Bible says it this way, Ecclesiastes 10.2. This is is so just plain in your face. Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. We couldn't say stupid in my house when I was growing up. But if you could quote a Bible verse, it was okay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wise thinking leads to righteousness. But my dad would say, if you have stinking thinking, did he get that from you? He probably did. It will lead to wrong living. That's important for us to take a moment and think about what we're thinking about. Think about our thoughts. I mean, how crucial is that? Everything begins with a thought. Literally everything. The things, think about, just, for, just think about the things that you're doing well in life. The things where, the places where you are excelling, where you're knocking it out of, a part, out of the park. Can I, can I promise you something? Those things are being fueled by thoughts. Wow. The areas in your life where you feel like you're, you're failing and you're not really sort of hitting the mark, being fueled by thoughts. Yeah. Thinking happened first. So if you try to change your behavior without changing your thoughts, that fuel that behavior, you'll never change the behavior. Thoughts are powerful. Think about it. They determine what we do. They determine how we feel. They even determine our future, our destiny. You may have seen this before. I don't remember where I originally saw it, but I'm, we're going to put it on the screen. Just this little uh, this saying, uh, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Right? Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. But sow a lifestyle and reap your destiny. And the, the, so, but the first word is thought, and the last word is destiny. If you don't like where you're going, change your 
thinking. Let me say it this way. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will go tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Landon, that really sounds like some positive thinking, mind over matter, mumbo jumbo. No, listen, this is, this is actually in God's word. You want to see? Check it out. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. It says, those who were dominated. Just, just time out right there. Have you been there? Are you there where you're living the life that you don't want to live? Where you wake up and you're like, I hate the life I'm living. Oh, sure. I mean, I know how to go to church and I know how to put on the smile and make it look like everything's okay. But on the inside, I don't like this very much. I'm far from God. There's bad habits. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, look what it says. What do they do? They think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Now, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. But I love this. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, what is it? There's life and peace. How many of you guys want that? How many of you guys could use some life and peace? Right? Absolutely. Every single one of us. Can I just tell you something? You can have that. You don't have to just sit back and be a victim to whatever thoughts roll through your mind. Landon, I can't choose the thoughts that come through. You, you, maybe not, but you can choose what you dwell on. You can choose what you meditate on. You can take, you actually can take control in this area. And I, that's so hopeful to me because the reality is, is that you are in the middle of a battle. The fight for your life right between your ears. It's an all-out war in your mind. And some of you have felt the effects of that as you're trying to go to sleep at night where you can't seem to go to sleep because the minute everything slows down and everything quiets down, your thoughts just start going crazy, right? And the torment begins and just the, uh, the, the, the rabbit trail of, of, of questions and fears and worries and anxieties uh, start, to, start to go out of control. It's a war. Let me read this passage to you. You can, you can see and you can hear the language. It's really... It's warfare language. Second Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 3, it says, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. But since the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but are powerful, everybody say powerful. powerful. They're powerful through God, I love this, for the demolition of strongholds. We sang about that, right? Strongholds. It's that one area that continually trips you up. It's the weakest part of your life where the enemy likes to attack us, the, the, where thoughts have taken control of our lives. The Bible calls those strongholds. But the Bible actually says, I, I know maybe you've heard this before, can, but can you just let this sink in for a second? The Bible tells us that you have been given supernatural power to blow those things up, like demolish those things. It goes on to tell us that we demolish arguments in verse 5 and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's powerful language. How many guys, them's fighting words. Those are strong words. We demolish strongholds. We take every thought captive. How many thoughts? 
Every thought, right? Every single one. We make it obedient to Christ. Paul's like, guys, this is serious. Don't even let one slip. Like, don't let it, don't, don't, don't take a day off. Don't take a week off. Don't take the summer off. Like, literally, this is a day in, day out battle. Take every thought captive because you're in the fight for your life. And yet, so many of us are losing this battle. And we know it. And that's why it's so important to stop and think about what you're thinking about. Here's why this is so important. Those thoughts, you know, you can think of your mind like a garden, right? And those, those thoughts are seeds that get planted. And as a, as, a, as a faithful gardener, we can come through and go, nope, nope, not that one. Yeah, we're going to plant that one. No, we're going to dig up that one. But what happens is, when those thoughts that shouldn't be there stay too long, they take root, and then they take up residence. I want you to think about this. What we allow to take root will eventually take up residence. Those things just kind of move in and set up shop. And they take over and they dictate our lives, and they might, they might be thoughts like this. I can't do this. I'm a terrible mom. I'm not the dad my kids need. You know, this isn't going to work for me. I just don't do, I don't do long-term relationships. I'm not built for that. You know, don't, don't get your hopes up about anything changing during this Renew Conference because if anything happens, it won't last because it never lasts with you. You are your failure. You are your worst day. How about this? You, you know, you'll, you'll always be addicted. You'll, you'll always be angry. You'll always be anxious. How about this? You're just like your mom. And you're doomed to repeat her mistakes. You're just like your father. How about this? You are not enough. The flip side could be, you know, you deserve all your success. It's all yours. The enemy knows that this is not going to be an, an external battle. This is going to be an, an internal battle. And if he can lodge a thought in your thinking that, that settles in your heart and goes unchecked, then it will ultimately take root. And what we allow to take root, what's it going to do? It'll take up residence. That's why we think about what we're thinking about. I want to just give you four Four, four things, four steps. And the first one is that, to, to really just take an inventory. To, to just hit pause and stop and, and take an inventory of your thoughts. To really begin to process and pay attention to the thoughts that we allow in. And really do what Paul tells us to do. He says, to stop thoughts before they become strongholds. Maybe you struggle with something. You don't have to let that struggle become a stronghold. And that could be any number of things. I mean, it could be uh, just, uh, you know, pornography, sexual lust, the, the access uh, that, that we have to, to so much, just, just one click away. How many of you guys know that addiction started with a thought that took root, that took up residence? I mean, it could be another mental health issue. It could be anxiety that we have allowed to run rampant. It could be, uh, you know, loneliness or depression that's, that's sort of kicked in because of a, a disconnect that we feel. And 
Maybe it just feels like life has been turned upside down. There's too much that's changing. There's too many things that feel unsettled in your life and it's caused you to question everything. Stop thoughts before they become strongholds. And realize, here's the third thing, realize that not all thoughts are equal. You, go, you guys know that not all thoughts are good, right? Not all thoughts are true. Not every thought that you have comes from God. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to believe it. I love Proverbs 4, 23. It says, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Guard your thoughts. Stop and think about your thoughts. This has been a big issue in my life. I don't know about you, but I've spent years just allowing the Holy Spirit to help me in this area. To transform the way that I think. Do we have any other hard-headed people in the house that it takes a long time for God to doom, 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 get through? He might have to give you the same message over and over and over again. Man, I, so I'm standing up here preaching on a stage I don't deserve to be on. But I can take you back to a Wednesday night in the 90s. After I preached in our church's youth group. I say preached. But you guys know that there, there ain't much preaching going on now. There wasn't much preaching going on back then, right? But after the message, man, I put together my best message. Which means I stole it from my dad. And, and it took me about five and a half minutes to preach it. Anybody, do we, is anyone going to be real in the first service here today? I said everything I knew four times. It took me five minutes. But I walked off the stage and I was like waiting for the compliments to really start rolling in. You know, I was like, here we go. All right. What are we, what are we going to hear? And this lady, she walked up and she smiled and she goes, that was so awesome. And I was like, thank you. And she goes, you know, you don't have to be a preacher just because your dad was a preacher. It's okay to not be called into ministry. But how many of you know, there was a seed that was planted. And I walked away going, all right, maybe this isn't for me. Because how many of you guys know the devil went, see, that's not you. That'll never be your calling. Years later, I remember, uh, this is when I was in the ministry. And I remember just having the call of God in my life and feeling passionate about Jesus and, and reaching lost people and serving Jesus. And I remember talking with a friend and we were just kind of laughing and having a good time. And just in mid-conversation, I go, man, do you ever think I, could you ever see me being a, a lead pastor? And he goes, ha, 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 no way, man. And I was like, right? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Seed planted, right? It, it'll, it'll never be you. Really, Lane, you're, you're mostly an imposter. And the longer you're in this, people are going to find out that you're not the real thing. People knew it back in the 90s. They know it now. And they'll eventually know it for sure. Thoughts. Thoughts. Self-doubt. When you stop and think about your thoughts and you take inventory... When you identify the lie, when you identify what's true, what's not, man, that is, listen, that's huge. You know, most people never do that. They never stop and think about what they're thinking about. How do we do that? How do we take the words in 2 Corinthians 10? How do we allow God to, 
to change our minds. Here's the fourth thing. We have to arrest the wrong thoughts and replace them with the right ones. Capture those thoughts before they catch us. Jeremiah 12, 3. I, I, love, I love the violent language in this, in this text. He says, yet you know me, Lord. You see me and you test my thoughts about you. And then he says this, just drag them off like sheep to be slaughtered for the day of slaughter, right? Sleep to be, to, sheep to be butchered, set them apart for the day of slaughter. God, if there is anything inconsistent with your character, with your heart, with your truth, just drag those, those, those thoughts off and kill them, right? Just set them apart. Don't, don't let them live in my mind. Don't let anything in my mind just stay there that's displeasing to you. I've got to identify those thoughts, the wrong ones. I've got to reject the wrong ones that hurt my soul. Don't let the wrong thoughts take root and take up residence. We've got to, we really got to get to the place where we can recognize the wrong thought, take it, submit it to Scripture, Take those thoughts to the Bible. If it doesn't line up with the scriptures, as God has revealed to us in his very word, here's what we do. We refuse to believe that thought. Just refuse it. Capture that thought. And then it's almost like you, you have to interrogate it. Think about it this way. A thought may, may pop into your head, you know, about your finances. Man, things are going to fall apart. There's no way that... That I mean, things are going okay right now, but it, there's no way that's going to last forever. Man, I'm, I'm going to be broke. I'm not going to be able to feed my family. It's just, it's just, I'm just waiting for the bottom to fall out. Wait a second. Arrest that thought. Like, put it in handcuffs. Take the thought captive and then interrogate it. Where did that thought come from? That doesn't sound like a thought my heavenly father would put in my mind. My father loves me. He cares for me. He's for me. He wants me to be filled with the Spirit, which means I'm filled with peace and joy and hope and love. How about this? Man, I've been quarantined lately. I'm spending a lot of time at home with family, and man, my spouse is really getting on my nerves. Okay, uh, this is probably for the second service. You guys just say amen and just nod like you know what I'm talking about. Why, why do they constantly nag me and boss me? Why don't they, you know, why don't they love me? Or maybe they're, maybe they're getting sick of me. You know what? Eventually they're going to want out. Hold on a second. Arrest that thought. Capture it. Don't let that thought have free reign in your brain. Interrogate it. Where, where does that come from? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever just taken one of your thoughts and interrogated it and actually just asked this question? Does that sound like something Jesus would want me to think about my spouse? Or about my friend, or about my pastor, or about whatever. Something, is that something that the Spirit would lead me to? Or maybe you're, maybe you're freaking out right now. You're, you're, you're panicking because you were spending just a little bit too much time watching the news, or you're on social media, you're taking the deep dives into every article, exploring every worst case scenario known to man. Before you know it, the thought's taken over. Hey, stop that thought arrest it capture that thought before it catches you and interrogate it with the word of god Amen. think about it you can demolish strongholds you can stop thoughts before they actually become strongholds arrest those thoughts reject the lie refuse to believe fill yourself up with god's 
holy word, right? Fill yourself up with hope and encouragement. Reach out uh, to a brother or a sister in Christ. Allow them to speak into your life. Sometimes you got to borrow faith from somebody else. Gather, when you gather here, guys, it makes a difference. When you come to church on Sundays or Wednesdays or you're in a small group circle of people, you know what's powerful sometimes? When you can just take some of the things that are going in between your ears and say those things out loud with people that you can trust and process those things. Give the Spirit of God space to work in us. Remember, you'll never change your life. Until you change the way you think. Let me just ask you this question. What is, what's one thought? What is one thought that you could take captive this week? You have control over what happens between your ears. What takes root and eventually takes up residence. Arrest them, replace them with truth. It's really simple, but I'm telling you. For some of you. If this message were to seep down into your soul, you would not be the same. I love this verse, Philippians 4, 7 and 8. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Don't you love that? That there's a peace available that doesn't even make sense? Uh, How do you have sense right now? I have no idea. It's amazing. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought of the peace of God acting like a soldier standing guard over your home? Saying, you can't touch her, right? You, you can't have him. Amen. What happens? Verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what should you do? Think about, Think about those things. What you think about matters. So we, we identify anything that's not of God. We reject it. We replace it with truth. We think about the truths of God. Get God's word into you. Read it. Let it read you. Something powerful happens. Pastor Mike talked about how we're from West Texas. I grew up in the west side of Odessa, Texas. Anybody ever been to Midland? It gets worse. Come to Odessa. Anybody ever been to Odessa? It gets worse. Go to the west Odessa. But I remember, um, I've, I've had the, the wonderful privilege of growing up around, I, I see some beautiful ethnic diversity in the room here. I love that. It looks like heaven. It's what heaven's going to be like. Amen. Um, but I grew up around a lot of friends with a certain uh, Latino descent. What I mean is they had a little bit more flavor than I had. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I've always loved that culture. I love the language. I love tortillas. I love some carne asada. Come on, somebody. Any... But I worked at a, at a restaurant in college, and um, I had a few ladies that would, that were, that would try to teach me Spanish. And, uh, or at least, a, at least a Tex-Mex version of the language, right? And, and I can remember that clearly because uh, I, would, I would hear her, you know, speak. Her name was Sarah, Sarita, that's what I called her, right? And uh, I would hear her speaking in Spanish. And here's what I would try to do. I would try to translate it in my mind to English. I would think in English and then I would respond in English and then I would translate it in my mind to Spanish. And, and then I would butcher the little bit of Spanish that I knew and, and speak it to her. And then they would all laugh, right? 
I would try to turn my orders in in English, and they would be like, I would be like, can I get a cheeseburger uh, with, you know, lettuce and no t- tomatoes or, or, or onions? She'd be like, no sé. No sabe, Lando. No sabe inglés. They would make me turn in my, my, my orders in Spanish, and so I'd be like, los hamburguesas con queso con lechuga. Am I doing okay? No cebolla, no. And then I remember this one time I, try, I was trying to say with mustard, and I was like, con mustardo. <laughs> and she was like, mustardo? No, that's not mustard, right? And they just made fun of me. For two weeks, every time I walked in the room, they were like, mustardo, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm trying. And this went on for a few months. But then it was like one day, or at some point, a switch had flipped. And something changed in my brain. And, and some of you who have studied languages, you know they actually, they often call it the switch. The switch comes on, and instead of hearing and thinking and translating, it just begins to flow, right? So, so when Sarita would come and speak Spanish to me, I would hear it in Spanish, and then I would just speak back to her in Spanish without even really thinking about it. And I was like, man, what did I just say? But I was able to carry on, a, think about it, I was able to carry on a conversation almost fluently when the, when the switch finally flipped. Think about this. When we first start to think about our thoughts and do battle with those wrong thoughts, how many of you guys know we're going to have to work at it a little bit? But we're, we're going to have to stop and go, wait a minute, I've been believing this about myself for like a, a month. Or a year, or, or a week, or however long, and that's not consistent with God's word. And so I'm just going to drag that thought off and and have it butchered. And it, hold on a second. What is true? What does Scripture say? What does the Bible say? I'm going to believe that. I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to meditate on that, and I'm going to think about that pure and excellent and lovely thing. And before long, it's not this systematic thing anymore where we hear and we think and we translate and and we respond. But it's it's a lifestyle where we go, no, no, that's not true. Reject it. This is true. This is who I am. This is what God's word says. Because you flipped the switch. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you ever preach to yourself? Do you ever just get in the mirror and just, just preach till you're tired, right? In a good way. Like, man, Martin Luther said, I preach to my, the gospel to myself every day because I forget it every day. I wonder, do the words coming out of your mouth, do they, do they reflect God thoughts or not? See, I think you, you, you can't really separate the thoughts in your heart and your mind with the words that you say continually. You know, God dealt with me at one point because I was talking to myself in ways that I would never talk to anyone else. And after a day of some pretty aggressive self-loathing. I felt the Holy Spirit say, you would never talk to someone that you're counseling the way that you talk to yourself. And I really think that if Jesus is going to be Lord of your life, he should be Lord of your lips also. So we look at the thoughts in our mind, the words of our mouth. This is powerful. It really comes down to this. What the enemy likes to do 
is he likes to come at us with a question. I'd like to take a minute and and thank my seventh grade art teacher, Mrs. Blackman. This is a true story. Miss Blackman one time was walking by my desk and and looked at my art project and she went, hmm, I give you an E. And I was like, an E? An E for effort. And I was like, A, B, C, D, E. What's better than an F? I'll take that. But didn't, didn't, didn't the enemy, the adversary of our life, he... He initially attacked humanity with a question. Did, did God really say? And so every day of your life, guess what you get hit with? Are you really going to be healed? Is your son ever going to be free? Will your daughter ever come to church? Is that small group really making a difference in your life? Why are you giving tithes and offerings? There's other things you could be doing with that. Are you going to be okay? Are you even protected? Does anyone even really care? Right? Do you hear that? There's just questions, there's questions, there's questions all the time. It's a question mark. Are you really forgiven? Is that church doing anything in your life? Question mark, right? But then here's what we do eventually. By faith, this is what renewing your mind really looks like. You go, nope. I'm not going to live according to that. I wish Miss Blackman could see me now. (laughs) This is what faith sounds like. Faith is an exclamation point, right? We replace the question mark with an exclamation point. He is the God who healeth thee, right? You sent your word and healed my disease. I am forgiven. I am set free. I am chosen by God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My children belong to the Lord, right? We're going to be together. All five of my babies, we're going to be together in heaven someday, right? Because God loves them more than I could ever love them, right? I trust God with my very life. I trust God with my mind, with my heart, with my soul. Listen, that's faith. That's flipping the page. And sometimes you got to get really good at turning the page so you can flip the switch. That's, that's faith that says the future's good. Heaven is real. God will not abandon you. You are never alone. You have the mind of Christ. That small group will help you, right? Given it shall be given back to you. Serve and watch joy fill your heart. My past is not going to control my future. My family is going to be okay. All those things. I'm rejecting the wrong thoughts. I'm replacing it with the right thoughts. Come on, it's time to turn the page. Rip the page so you can flip the switch. So you can think different than you've ever thought before. So you can think like Jesus. That's what it's all about. And that's what God wants to help us do. I wonder if you would just, man, come on, can we just stand to our feet all across this place? 
I wonder if just anybody by faith would just say, Landon, that's me. In this moment, I'm just going to have the humility and the surrendered heart to just lift your hand and say, I need God's help in this area. I need God to meet me right where I'm at. Can I just see your hand? Landon, I need him to help me renew my mind. You know what's beautiful about this? Is this whole renewal process is always a partnership, right? They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. While we're waiting and worshiping and serving and praying and studying our Bibles, he gives us his strength, right? And while you have your hands lifted and you worship him and you give him praise, he comes and he heals our minds and he changes our thing. How many guys need God to do that? Come on, let's just do that for a second. Can we just lift our hands all across this room? And let's just let, the, let that be the cry of our hearts to say, God, we need you to come in. We don't just need information today. We need transformation today from the inside out. Come on. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we need you. Lord, we're here today in faith. We don't, we don't have it all figured out. We don't even know how we're going to get to where you want us to go. But Lord, we surrender all over again in this moment. Lord, would you change us, transform us, renew us from the inside out. We want to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And God, I thank you that in this moment we're reminded that you loved us first, that it is your love that changes everything. And I pray that your love would invade every heart in this room today as we surrender, as we surrender our minds to you, our thinking to you. We want to be like you. We want to honor you. We want to glorify you in the earth. God, I thank you that you're moving in every heart today. For the person, Lord, that came in this place today, they put the smile on. They're singing all the right words, but Lord, there's torment in their mind. I thank you that today is a day of healing for them that they could literally walk out of this room and be free from those thoughts because of your healing power that's happening, Lord, from the inside out right now in the name of Jesus. There's a relationship that's so strained. It's so strained. And I believe that the blinders have come off, are coming off of our eyes today because we're realizing it's all about some thoughts that we let take root. And they took up residence. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for restoring relationships right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you. We need you. Lord, for the person today who just thinks what they've been doing, it doesn't matter. That nobody sees, that no one cares. Lord, you see. And they have tremendous value in your eyes. And I pray, Lord, they would be reminded how dearly loved they are that you see them and you've got them we love you Jesus we thank you so much for your presence in this place